0: The following message was recorded at Christ Church in Bartlett, Tennessee. For more information about Christ Church, visit www.ccbartlett.org. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you for calling us here this morning. We recognize that um, this is a gift you've given us, this time together to open your word. Um, And so, Lord, our, our prayer is the same as it is every week um, we need you, we need your understanding as we open your word, we have none, we need, your, uh, we need you to meet us right where we are, we need you to speak clearly to us, um, we need to hear from you this morning, that's why we're here, and so Lord, help us, may we stay focused, Lord, in these next few moments together, may we, may we um, be in tune to what your Holy Spirit is trying to say to us, and may we leave forever changed, we thank you for the work that you've come to do, and that you're going to do, this morning for your fame and our joy. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, um, I'm glad that you're with us this morning. We've been discussing spiritual disciplines. So this, this series we've been doing is called The Disciplines of a Disciple. And spiritual disciplines are these purposeful disruptions of our natural lives to focus us on the supernatural. These are graces that God gives us that as we participate in these graces, he shows up these are the graces where god most commonly shows up right and so we've talked about using the, the word of god reading the word of god is a place where god shows up and and, and transforms our lives we talked about prayer we talked about talking and uh, talking with god uh, we talked about giving being generous so so these are a few things we talked about so far and, and what i said last week was that what we talked about so far has kind of been a, a private focus, maybe even a, a personal focus, right? Reading the Word of God, you do that. Praying, you do that. Giving, you do that. But but we're kind of uh, shifting and taking a focus off of the private or personal, if you will, and, and making it more of a corporate focus. These spiritual disciplines we're talking about this Sunday and next Sunday have more of a corporate focus. They have more of a uh, either either a corporate element or a, or an impact on the, on the larger body of Christ, not just individual. And and so we're going to be starting um, looking at spiritual gifts, and I guess to start talking about that, I want to tell you something real quick. So uh, in a couple of weeks uh, is is my wedding anniversary. We've we'll been married nine years, um, and it has just been uh, it's it's been a dream come true for me and a, and a living nightmare for her. And 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 you know one of the thing about about being in a marriage is uh, part of being in this new family is figuring out how to live together, right? Figuring out how are you going to. How are you going to do everything together, right? Like, when you're getting married, when you're looking forward to getting married, you're not thinking about, um, you know, the fact that some people just went, their laundry, they just don't do it, right? Like, it just, it goes on the ground, and they expect it to magically get done. One of us does that, and I'll give you one guess on who. But anyway, like, like, like you, you don't think about those things. You're just so excited, like, like I just love you, are my sugar booger, we're going to be together forever, and, that, and that's all you're thinking about. But but that's part of it, is dealing with, like, how do we live together? How do we make this, this world? You know, under the the same roof all the time, seeing your face all the time, right? How how do you do that? And I'll tell you this: like sometimes it's difficult, but like scripture helps, you know. And and so like like I, I used to tell Angela, you know, look, every time I think of you. This scripture, this scripture comes to mind, and I, I just say it, and it's just so encouraging. Every time I think of you, I, I just say Proverbs thirty thirty one. I say, charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And, you know, she looked right back at me, and she said, you know, I have a scripture that I say every time I think of you, and it's Second Corinthians four seventeen. It says, for this Light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And I said, Well, that's not as sweet, but I appreciate it, right? So, like, the part of that's 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 part of like living life together in this new family is figuring out how do we make this. Work And you have strengths and you have weaknesses. And and that's the wonderful thing about being in that marriage is that so often you have the opposite of those. And and so, you know, in our marriage, uh, when we first got married, you kind of have to make that decision of who handles the finances. And so it was something I always did. And so, you know what, I'll handle our finances. And I did for years. I did absolutely for years. And finally, there was one day where Angela, like, and, and, and if you know my wife, like, she is in, she's an incredibly organized, wonderful, like, human being, and that's just the way her brain works. And my brain works like squirrel, right? Like, it's just, like, everywhere. And so, like, it's, so, it's such a bad idea to put me in charge of the finances. And so, after enough um, overdraft fees came out of our account, Angela very lovingly and firmly was like, I'm doing this now. And it was great. Like, it was an amazing shift. And, and so, what was happening was that, I was ignoring her strength, and I was promoting my weakness in this this part of our life, and it was a problem, and it wasn't good for our family. And so we're going to be looking at spiritual gifts today. And and so we're not talking about your individual family. We're talking about the family of God. And we're going to be looking at the strengths that God has given us to benefit our family. But these strengths are not just natural strengths. These are not things like that. These are are spiritual gifts, right? These are gifts that, that God has given His people to fulfill their purpose in his family. In fact, I want to give you a definition of spiritual gifts. I think it's really simple, but I think it's really profound, and, and it's there on your handouts there, so if you can read along with me. Here, here it is. A spiritual gift is the God-given capacity of every Christian to carry out his or her function in the body of of Christ. I love that definition of spiritual gifts. I think it's fantastic. And you know, as we think about it, this, this past week I was asking people about spiritual gifts. And I'm just saying, what comes to mind when I say spiritual gifts? And so I started getting a, a myriad of responses, right? There would be they would list these things that they think are spiritual gifts, and I would say, Do you know your spiritual gifts? How do you know? Is it important to even know? Does it matter? How do you use it? Is it important that you use it? And as I asked these questions, I didn't get the same response from anybody. I didn't get one, I didn't get two people saying the exact same thing or anywhere close to the same thing right and 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 I started to ask myself like why is that why is the responses varied well I don't know about you I don't know what church you you grew up in maybe maybe it was this one but I, I grew up in in a, in a different church and I've, I've been to a bunch of different churches and no matter what church I've been involved in there's always been a time in the year where there's a focus on spiritual gifts right Anybody, like, you grew up, like, that was just it. There was a time of the year, I don't know when it was for you, but there was a time where we talked about spiritual gifts. And there was usually something like, you know, a really clever title about, about your gifts or something, like, God gifts gifts good I don't know anyway like some some focus on spiritual gifts and 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 so like even for for us like I I remember that was really exciting that was an exciting time because um of course it was exciting do you know why because like you're just thinking about yourself and you're thinking about the gifts you get and like I don't know if, if you're like me but you probably are an eternal narcissist and so like I was like fantastic we're gonna talk about like the the good stuff God's given me and so we would even take these tests like we had these spiritual gift like tests. I don't know. I don't know what you would call them, but that's what they were, and you'd fill out these tests, and it would tell you, like, these are your spiritual gifts, and who didn't like doing that, right? I mean, if you're on Facebook, you've seen those stupid tests, like, take this quiz to find out what Disney princess you are. You know what I'm talking about? You've seen those, right? By the way, I'm Ariel, but, like, we do that, like, like we do those things because we like that. Like I like to think about me and I like to talk about me, right? You know, like that. That's just that's how we're wired. We're wired that way. And but you know what happened? As soon as like the focus went off of spiritual gifts in our church, so did my focus. Like I was like, oh, that was fun. Now what are we doing? Right? Like okay, yeah, that was. We'll, we'll put that aside and and I'll, I'll remember. We'll, we'll revisit that later. And and so I, I was thinking, why is that? Why did that happen? And for me, I can't say for everybody else, but for me. There were some fundamental misunderstandings about the importance of spiritual gifts, about the purpose of spiritual gifts, about, about how we use them. I had all kinds of misunderstandings. And, and so the result was I, I didn't use my spiritual gifts. And, and ultimately the result was, I, I think, detrimental to the church. And so... Uh, We're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 through 11 today. That's going to be our main scripture today. If you have a Bible, turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. If you don't, you can use your smartphones or anything like that. There should be some under your seats, not smartphones. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? A Bible should be under your seats. If there is one under your seat, congratulations. Um, So, uh, anyway, so, so go to 1 Peter chapter 4. What I hope is that the Lord's gonna clear up some misunderstandings for us this morning about spiritual gifts and give us a new appreciation for them. May we, may we feel the, 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 the weightiness of that grace um, this morning. So let's look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 through 11. I think I gave you 30 seconds. You should be there by now, all right? Here we go. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks, as one who speaks oracles, of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I want to point out something foundational before we continue about these four things that I think first Peter is going to help us see about spiritual gifts. Is it says there right at the beginning, as each has received a gift. If you're a believer in this room, you've been gifted by the Holy Spirit to fulfill a specific purpose in the body of Christ. Period. It's not reserved for professional Christians, right? You know, it's not reserved for, for the pastors or the Sunday school teachers or, or deacons or elders or whatever. No, no, no. If you are a believer, then you have the Holy Spirit and God has gifted you in special and specific ways to fulfill a specific purpose in the body of Christ. No one's exempt. If you're a follower of Jesus, no one's exempt. And you say, "Well, you don't know my past." I don't care. I don't need to know your past. You have the Holy Spirit. You have God has given you a purpose, right? So that's important today because I don't want people to check out and go, "You know what? Like I, I don't maybe talking about some leaders in the church. I'm not a leader, right?" No, no, no. This is everybody. This is everyone who's a follower of Jesus. Let's hear what he has to say to us this morning. So i want to highlight Four things, or hopefully the Lord will highlight four things about spiritual gifts here in 1 Peter 4, right? So number one, I want you to see their purpose, all right? So number one, their purpose. One of the problems that I thought about misunderstandings with spiritual gifts was well, a misunderstanding of purpose, right? Like like talking about growing up, about uh, talking about spiritual gifts, the purpose was, for me, it was like a hobby, right? It was something that, like, I could take it or leave it. Like, we would do these these things, and and you would talk in Sunday school about it. Like, I got this gift. I got this gift. That's awesome, right? Like, we got this gift. What do you have? And, and we would talk about that. And, and and you know what? If you use it, if you applied it, that's that's on you. It's just it's just something. It's it's fun to talk about. And so that's that's kind of how I treated it. And and even we might even take it a step further and and just use them to serve us or use them to get. Uh, attention on ourselves when when you look at the Corinthian church that's exactly what was going on they they were using their gifts to exalt themselves over other believers they're using their gifts to say hey look at me I've got the gift of this right like do you have that gift I don't think so right and so they were using it like that to get attention and to, to get praise for themselves but spiritual gifts they're not hobbies they're not these private personal things they're not meant to serve us they serve a bigger purpose look at verse 10 let's find out that purpose use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. I, I want to look at something real quick in verse 10. Good stewards of God's very grace. Be a good steward of God's very grace by serving one another. W- what does it mean to be a steward? A steward is someone who is what? They're taking care of or they're looking after someone else's property, right? Isn't that a steward? Someone who's taking care of or looking after something that belongs to somebody else. Isn't that true? Anybody in here like house sat before? I don't mean like you sat on a house, but like you took care of somebody's house, right? So, a house sat, or, or you maybe, maybe you barred someone's car. Like, someone's like, yeah, I'm gonna be gone for a while. You can use my car for a bit, or whatever. Like, like, we've been there. We've all been there, house sat, or whatever. And you know what? Like, when you're in that house, do you want to, the way you treat that house, do you mainly want to please yourself, or do you want to please the owner? I don't please the owner. This isn't my house, right? Like the owner's going to show back up, and then I'm going to have to I'm going to have to answer for it, right? I'm going to have to answer as, look, I don't know. I broke every toilet. I don't know what I did, right? Like I didn't want to. I didn't want to take the trash out. I flushed it. I thought your pipes were better. I don't know, right? It's not mine to do that with. It's their house, right? If you were to let me borrow your car, now if I were to drive my car for a week and eat nothing but fast food, at the end of the week. I wouldn't be able to see out the windshield for all of the trash and different things, right? Because like eventually, again, it's like with laundry. I throw my trash in there and something happens to it. Like, you know, I don't know. My wife drives it once a week. Maybe that might explain it. But I don't know. Like it just disappears. But, but if I were to borrow your car, that would not be the case, right? I wouldn't even park in the same parking lot as Wendy's, right? If I'm eating Wendy's, I would park over at Walgreens and walk over. I'm not getting anything on that car, right? It's not mine. It serves your purposes. It serves the owner. And that's the point we have this gift not for our purposes right we, we think that like we say gift and and maybe when we say that we have a, a misunderstanding because like when someone gives me a gift like this is your birthday gift or your Christmas gift or whatever I don't really care about being a good steward because it's not yours anymore you gave that sucker to me right you know what I mean I will give you the courtesy of not throwing it away in front of you but what I do outside of that is up to me it's mine this is not the same thing the lord 's giving you a gift for his purposes. it belongs to him right you 'll answer to him for it and and so and, and not only is it a gift but it 's such a good gift it 's something we don 't deserve. What does it say there in verse ten as god's stewards uh, uh, good stewards of god 's varied grace, our spiritual gifts are god 's grace it 's something we don 't deserve for some reason. God says, "I want to use you that 's all of you." for my purposes, for what I'm doing in other people's lives. That's incredible. And then he says, not only do I want to use you, I'm going to give you a gift that's above you, that's something you couldn't do. I'm going to give you something incredible that's that's going to fill you with joy as you use it, that's going to reap eternal rewards for you as you use it. I'm going to give that to you for you to use. What an incredible gift. Even more so, do I want to please the owner when he gives me something like that. So to be a good steward of God's grace, we want to use our gifts in the way he wants us to, right? Because it's his. So I want to do what he wants me to do. So what's his purpose? What's it say there in verse 10? Use it to serve one another. So to be a good steward of God's grace that he's given us is to serve one another. That's how, that's how we, if you want to be a good steward, that's how you do it. So that means the inverse is true. If you aren't actively serving God's church in some way, then you're not being a good steward of God's grace to you. And then I guess we have to ask this question. Is that a big deal? Like does that matter? Like really, practically on like 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 here we go foot to pavement on the ground, does that matter? Well, in Matthew chapter twenty-five, Jesus tells this parable about this guy who's going on a journey, and and he leaves his property with these three other men. And so he says, you know what? I'm going to give them uh, an amount of money called talents. I'm going to give them talents according to their ability. This guy can handle five talents. This guy can handle two. This guy can handle one. Right. And so, so uh, the 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 guy the five and the two, what they do is they they invest that money, right? And so they double it. They double that money. So the master comes back, and they're like, hey, we doubled it. What's up, right? And the super super pumped. And he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I'll set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And the last man didn't do anything. He said, you know what? I, I know that like, like I, you, I, I'm kind of fearful, right? Like, like you're a tough guy. And so what I, what I did was I, I buried it. I did not want to lose it. I was really nervous about losing, it, so I don't want to lose it. And then the master's like, what? You, you buried it, right? That wasn't your money to sit on. You did nothing with it. I didn't give it to you to do nothing with it. That wasn't yours. If nothing else, I could have put it in the bank and it would have gained interest, right? I gave it to you for a purpose to put it to work. And you didn't do anything, right? You were a bad steward. And what does he say in verse 28? 28. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has a ten talents. For to everyone who has will will more be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness in the place where we'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So is it a big deal if we're a good steward of what God has given us? Is it a big deal to our master? Absolutely, it's a big deal. To our Master, and, and this right here was was like ground shaking for me as I thought about spiritual gifts. This was this was like like paradigm shifting ideas here, right? Because like hasn't it always been true that if you want to serve in the church, isn't that a, a polite um, thing we leave up to you, right? Isn't it like, hey, if you want to help, if you want to serve, if you want to to be involved, if you if you want to, you know, like like use your gifts or whatever, that's up to you. We'd really like you to. That would be great, right? It's always been like that. But but this is not saying that. This is saying that like this is not a hobby. This is not a, a polite option he's giving us. This is God's saying, I'm giving all of you something for the benefit of my bride, and you will answer to me as to whether you use it or not. This is a big deal. This is a giant, giant deal here for us. Can I show you something else about the purpose of spiritual gifts? Look there at verse 10. It says, use them to serve one another. Don't skip over that, right? God has given us gifts to serve one another. 1 Corinthians twelve seven says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. What does that mean, the common good? Are you ready to get your, your minds blown here? This is a scripture out of Ephesians 4 that's going to blow your mind. The body, the, the body's growth, the church's growth, his bride's growth and unity is dependent upon us, It's directly affected by us using our gifts or not. Look at the scripture in Ephesians 4. As a result, We are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up in all aspects into him who's the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, here we go, listen, being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Let's one more time. According to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself. We need each other. God uses all of us to profoundly grow his church. Isn't that phenomenal god uses every single one of us to profoundly grow his church when you think about it the, the picture paul uses here is of the body there is no part in the body that's indispensable right when one part messes up the entire growth of the whole body is messed up the function of the whole body suffers right anybody anybody had their gallbladder out right Gallbladder is a little thing. It's not that big a deal. But when it goes haywire, does your body suffer? Yes, your whole body suffers, right? It, it, it has consequences for your whole body. If your pancreas isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing, what do you have? You have diabetes, right? Your whole body suffers because of what? One part not doing its job. And God uses the the, the proper working of each indiv- individual part To grow his church. That's phenomenal. Our growth and our unity is directly dependent upon us using the gifts he's given us. Isn't that incredible? That purpose is phenomenal to me. God accomplishes much in us by by getting our gifts together and our combined effort accomplishes much for his church. That's a phenomenal gift God's given us. So the purpose of spiritual gifts is profound. It's not a hobby. It's not an option, right? It's not, it's not, hey, if you get around to it, if you'd like to serve, that would be fantastic. No, no, no. The body of Christ grows and is built up based on how we practice the and, and use the gifts that he's given each and every one of us to serve one another. That's phenomenal. That's, that's mind blowing, right? If we don't go on any other if we just cross out all the other blanks, that's enough. That's phenomenal. That's a, that's a great, great understanding God's given us. So the purpose of spiritual gifts. Now look at the variety. The second thing I want you to see out of First Peter is variety of the spiritual gifts. <clears throat> I started to think, why are so many people spectators? Why do people not serve in the body of Christ? And, I think two misunderstandings lead us there. One is that uh, we look at other people's gifts and we look at the gifts we have and we say these are more important than the ones we have. So they're more crucial. So what's the big deal if I serve or not, right? Like like Grant's gotta get up there and preach, right? And so I'm not a preacher, so what's the big, like if I serve this week, I, what, what's the big deal? If he doesn't serve, you, you'd probably notice. You'd come in here and just stare at the stage for 40 minutes, like, like that would probably be noticeable. But if I don't serve, it's not that noticeable, so it's not that like crucial. And I think another reason is we, like, like maybe some of us are trying to be, uh, we're square pegs, we're trying to fit in a round hole, you know what I mean? Like we're trying to do things we're not gifted to do, and, and we're trying to, to to say, you know what, this is what ministry looks like. This is ministry, I'm going to go this way. Whereas ministry might look like a, a, a myriad of other things, a variety of other things, and, and that can frustrate us. It it kind of reminds me of the story of um, of a sea captain and his chief engineer, and they were having an argument as like, who was more important, like, whose job was more important, which one of them was more important to the ship, like, operating as it should, and and finally, they, like, they agreed that the only way to figure it out was to swap places, you know what I mean, like, we'll swap places, and we'll have a, a better understanding, and, and we'll see, like, who's more important, and um, and so, like, the chief, like, he he gets to the bridge, and, and the, the chief engineer goes to the bridge, and the captain descends into the engine room, and after a couple of hours, the, uh, the captain suddenly appears on the deck, and he's covered in oil and, and, and soot, and just just dirty. And, and he says, chief. He says, uh, he's like, he's got a wrench. He's just waving around his head. He says, look, you'll have to come down here. I, I can't make her go. You know, I don't know. Uh, maybe you're right. Maybe you're more important. I can't make her go. And he says, of course you can't make her go. I ran her aground two, two hours ago, right? So like, it's, maybe that's what's going on. Like maybe, maybe you see ministry as only this. I have to fit this whole, whereas it might be a, a whole other list of things. And look at verse 10, it says, "As good stewards of God's varied." Grace. There's a large variety of spiritual gifts. Put put them up. Put up the spiritual gifts. That, that look at this list right here. These are all listed in the scripture. And look look at this ridiculous variety here. And I want you to notice two things about this list. One is the variety. Like like these things are incredibly different. You've got uh, you've got giving up there. Uh, with with uh, 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 craftsmanship. You got creative up there with leadership and miracles with discernment. And, and you've got all of these. It's a giant mix, right? It's, a, it's an incredible mix. None of us have all of these gifts, right? And yet, all of us have some of these gifts. And I want you to notice another thing about this list. There is no master list for spiritual gifts. There's no master list, none. And this list right here is a compilation of three different from three different letters of Paul meaning what that he didn't send the same list to anybody nobody got the same list right there is no master list and what does that tell us that, that tells us that that you know what some like like some people uh, some churches here they they had other other gifts that 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 seemed to show up more and, and others didn't in, in Paul's letters and the the point is that spiritual gifts is not about finding a category that you fit into but but find the way that God's empowered you specifically to serve the body of Christ and just so just as there is a wide variety of different people in this room I mean we are very very different people the things that drive us the things that we care about the the, the way that the, the talents we have just as there's a wide variety of people, There are a wide variety of giftings that the Holy Spirit has given us to fulfill our purpose, and that's wonderful. Don't be discouraged that your gift looks different than you thought it should. Don't be discouraged that, that God's given you a place in the body that, that, that might not be exactly what, what you said, I want it to be, right? I see this gift, I want this gift, right? Every single gift is necessary. All gifts in the body of Christ are necessary. There is no appendix in the body of Christ, right? There's no appendix. I mean, there's no useless part. There might be some armpits, some of you stink, but there are no appendixes in the body of Christ. Remember Ephesians 4, it says, according to the proper working of each individual part, God has given us active gifts, each one of us active gifts to build up the body of Christ. By the way, notice I said active gifts, Right? Some people might think their spiritual gift is, is seat warming and listening to sermons. That is not a spiritual gift, all right? Like, we all have that ability. Dogs have that ability, actually, right? So, that is not a spiritual gift. God's given us active, active gifts to use and serve His body. And all of our gifts are necessary. 1 Corinthians 12, look at what it says there in verse 14. The body doesn't consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, "'Because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body,' that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, "'Because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body,' that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell?' But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each of them as he chose. If all were a single member in the body, each one of them as... uh, I'm sorry, if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. And so if you're an I... Who wants to be a hand, remember what we just read here. We are all gifted according to his will. Again, there in verse 10, as good stewards of God's varied grace. God chose to give you the grace he gave you. He chose to give you the gift he gave you. In First Corinthians 12, 11, it says, all are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Be grateful for how he made you. He designed you for his special purposes embrace that embrace it he made you the way that he made you right sometimes I'm not grateful for the way that he made me right sometimes I'm thinking like oh, I wish I was more like him or I wish I was more like her but but that's silly the fact is God has chosen to use me like Grant Nixon God has chosen to empower me and use me that's ridiculous God do you know who I am right like if you do you know who you're talking to you're gonna use me God's chosen to use Me and that's an incredible grace, he didn't have to do that. I don't deserve that, and the same thing for you. God's chosen to use you, and you say, Me, absolutely, you. God's chosen to use you. That's an incredible, incredible gift. And I wish I had that attitude all the time that I was just overwhelmed with gratitude that he even chose to use me. That I wasn't saying, I wish I was doing this, that I would just be grateful. Right? Like, there was one time in my life, maybe I had that attitude, I was in middle school. Anybody do, like, school plays? Anyone was a, a thespian, a pretty accomplished thespian? Uh, well done, right? Like, I, I, that wasn't me, but I tried it, and, uh, and I, I, from the casting, I probably should have figured, uh, this is not cut out for me, but uh, I, was in a, I was in one play in the middle school, and I had two roles. You know, they give you two roles when you're not very good, and, they want, and like, they're like, what are the throwaway roles no one cares about? So one was, like, I was a reporter, and so, like, I had two lines, and, I was, uh, and it was a, like a murder mystery. And I'd come in, and I'd be like, who did it? right? And then it was like, all right, get off the stage. Goodbye, right? Like, that was it. Like, that was me. The other role they gave me was I was a dead body. Like, that was it. Like, so you got the, you got this list, right? Like, we're outside the, the theater director's uh, office in, or room, and I'm like, oh, where am I? Where am I? And I look on the list. It's like, Grant Nixon, reporter, and dead body. And like, now, maybe some of you would have read that, and you would have been like, Well, I gotta quit. This is stupid. I'm not gonna be a dead body or whatever. Here's what I did I was like, reporter and dead body. I'm a reporter and I'm a dead body, right? Like I was like, I'm on the list, I made it, right? They chose me, I'm gonna be on the stage. They want me to be a part of what they're doing, right? In the same way, God chose you, you made it. Like the Holy Spirit has empowered you to work in his body, to work for his bride, for his eternal purposes. He chose you, right? He made you, that's incredible. What a grace that God chose us. He, He could have chosen someone else. He could have not used you at all and yet God has given you the grace to work and to serve his body in a way that only he's empowered you to do. That's an incredible gift. What a grace. So we've seen the profound purpose. We've seen the beauty of variety. Look at the source. That's number three, their source. When we use our gifts, can we misuse them? Absolutely we can. Like we can, how do we do that? We treat spiritual gifts like natural talents and we start like relying on our own strength with it and we start really taking the credit for what God's doing. And, and that's what was happening in Corinth. That absolutely was happening in Corinth and that's why Paul was, was writing that in 1 Corinthians 12 and 13. But, but who is the source of our gifts? Look at verse 11. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. So if you speak, if you serve the body in that way, speak by the wisdom of God, not by your own wisdom. Speak by the wisdom of God. If you serve, serve by the strength of God. So who supplies? Who's the source? God is, which means two things. Number one, you can do what he's called you to do, right? So, so if God's given you, shown you a need in the body of Christ and he's moved you to act on behalf of that need, then you know you can do it. Why? Because God is the one who supplies. God's the one who strengthens. So that's incredibly encouraging. Don't forget that. You can do it because he's gonna do it through you. But the second thing it means is that he deserves all the credit. He deserves all the credit. I can't ever like step off the stage and be like, you know what? I'm a great preacher, right? I just am. It's just the way that it is. Nice to meet you. That's ridiculous, right? That's absolutely ridiculous. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you this morning, is it because, man, Grant really worked hard. He really did a great job. No, it's because the Holy Spirit showed up. I'm an idiot, right? Like, like, I, what am I gonna give you? I'm not giving you anything that I have. I'm giving you what the Holy Spirit's given me and the Holy Spirit's doing the work in you. The gift is his. The gift is something he gave me, but it's absolutely his and it's all dependent upon him using it. And so he gets all the credit. If the Holy Spirit does something in your life this morning, it's not because Grant Nixon was here. Oh, It's because the Holy Spirit was here. In fact, it might be despite the fact that Grant was here, right? It's because the Holy Spirit did it. He's the source of our abilities. Oh, uh, you're so compassionate. It's because the Holy Spirit made you compassionate. You have you have the gift of mercy. It's because the Holy Spirit made you merciful. God is the source. Therefore, He gets all of the credit. He is the great one. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities. Activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. God gets all the credit. He's the source. The fourth thing I want you to see about uh, spiritual gifts is their ultimate result. Look at verse 11. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Our spiritual gifts are not about us. They're mainly about making the Lord happy. And what makes the Lord happy? What 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 puts a smile on his face and brings him glory when we serve the body of Christ, when we serve his bride. That's what makes him happy. What makes me happy? What makes me abundantly happy? If you if you make my wife happy, that makes me abundantly happy. If you serve her, that's that's where my heart is. That's who I care about the most in the same way. What makes God happy? What makes our master happy? When we serve his bride, and that's what we do with our spiritual gifts. So as a follower of Jesus, our main objective is to make our master happy, to please him, to be a good steward of what he's given us. And how do we do that? Use your gifts to serve one another in order that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. With this fresh understanding of spiritual gifts, I, I wanna ask this ultimate question. So, so we recognize the importance of them, we recognize we need them, but I wanna ask this question how do we determine our spiritual gifts and and how do we use them? How do we begin to use them? And I'm not gonna give you a spiritual gifts test. I'm not not against them. If you wanna take one, Google it, all right? There's like a thousand of them out there. In fact, there's a website called spiritualgiftstest.com. There you go. All right, there you go. Enjoy. But I'm not going to give you that today. I think a great way to determine your spiritual gifts and how you fit into the body of Christ is, is something uh, is something called shape. It's something that Rick Warren developed, uh, a pastor uh, developed, to help people figure out their gifting and their function in the body of Christ. And I want to add a letter. I'm going to add the D to it. I'm, so, so we're going to look at shaped, if you will. All right, this morning, I'm going to add one little letter. So So number one, we're trying to figure this out. God, how have you gifted me? How do you want me to serve in your body? Number one, think about spiritual gifts. That's the S, spiritual gifts. So study these three passages about spiritual gifts. Look at Romans 12. Look at 1 Corinthians 12. Look at Ephesians 4, and look at those spiritual gifts. And you say, how do I study them? The same way anybody studies, the same way I study. Get a study Bible. You have a study Bible? Get a study Bible, right? I use the ESV study Bible. It's fantastic. There's a MacArthur study Bible. Get a study Bible. You have a smartphone? The ESV Study Bible app, it's all of the notes of the ESV Bible are in that app. It's a $15 app. It's completely worth it. The Bible's like 60 bucks. It's a great deal. But get it. Get that study Bible, study those notes. Use biblehub.com is another uh, resource that I think is fantastic, a lot of commentaries there. But study those passages and, and, and ask the Lord, pray for wisdom, talk to other believers. Brother John often talks about uh, when people go in the ministry, he's, I've heard him say, there's an internal call and an external call, right? So there's an internal call where you say, you know what, I feel like I wanna do this, I feel the Lord leading me there. And there's an external call where, where he'll use other believers in your life to confirm that call. Say so, yeah, I see this gifting in you. Yeah, I agree with what uh, my spirit agrees with what what your spirit's saying. Right? My the, the Holy Spirit's agreeing through me uh, with with what you think the Lord's telling you to do. So so maybe talk to other believers and and use that external call as well. What do you think my gifting is? How, how do you think I can serve in the body of Christ? So number one, look at spiritual gifts. Number two, look at your heart. Examine what are you passionate about, and ask the Lord how can He use that passion. Right? We have a guy in our church uh, who. He's like, he just loves gadgets, right? And, and not only gadgets, but he loves like audio visual stuff, right? Now, what he could do with that is say, I'm going to, at home, I'm going to have the most incredible entertainment system ever, right? When they, when they hit somebody in a football game, I'm going to get a concussion. That's how good my setup is going to be, right? But instead, he didn't do that. He said, Lord, how can I use that for here? And so he's up here using that gift. He's trying to, he's saying, Lord, he's given me a desire for this. I, I want to serve his body in some way. We have another guy in our church who, um, he was moved. The Lord moved his heart. Um, for compassion to the homeless people in Memphis. And now every every other uh, Sunday, and, and even in between the times we go to Jackson Avenue, he goes to Jackson Avenue to take care of the homeless people there, right? He, it's his heart's moved there. So figure out, what do you care about? God, what moves my heart? And is that leading me in a direction of service? Is that something you want me to do? If you have a passion for seeing uh, kids love Jesus, maybe that's the Lord leading you to serve in a certain way. You're moved by students. You have a, a passion for design and the way things look you're deeply concerned for the homeless you're moved by single mothers you're moved by widows why does the lord give you this heart why do you have these desires why do you why are you moved in this way could it be leading you to figure out how god wants to use you in to serve his body the third thing is is uh, abilities abilities what are the natural talents god has given you by natural i mean genetic and, and environmentally explained talents right like genetic talents might be like athletics or intelligence or, or maybe musically inclined because your parents are musically inclined or, or maybe you're just really really ridiculously good looking right uh, I don't I don't know what are the talents that can be genetically explained what about environmental talents like your work ethic something you learn from your family or your speaking ability or, or the way you you, you you network socially or, or your storytelling all or all of these are, are natural talents how are they spiritual gifts here's how they can be spiritual gifts. Here's how you can use them. They may be natural in origin, but they can be spiritual in purpose. They can be empowered by the Holy Spirit to use for his purposes, right? I, I, I might be, if I, if, if I wasn't a believer, I might be a naturally, uh, naturally gifted communicator. That might be something that I do for a living is communicate. But you know what? What the Holy Spirit's done is, is he says, you know what? I'm going to take this thing that I've already given you, this little gift that I've already given you, and I'm going I'm to show up and I'm going to use it for my purposes and my spirit is going to empower you and I'm going to speak through you and I'm going to do things for my glory, right? So he's taking this natural gift and he's making it something supernatural for his purposes and for his fame. And you might be creative, but what God would do is he would give you the ability to use it for his purposes in the body and say, that's fantastic. Now I'm going to, I'm going to strengthen you and enable you to use that for my body. You might be an organized person and God says, that's great and I made you that way I'm going to put my, I'm going to empower you by my spirit to use that to bless my bride. That's a spiritual thing. The fourth thing is of examine your personality. How has God wired you, and how could you use that? We have such different personalities, and God has given us these different personalities to serve his body. I have to believe that. God, you, you had to have had a purpose when you made me this obnoxious. Please, God, show me what that is, right? Like, God uses the way we're wired for his purposes. Some of you are wired to work with kids and that's incredible and weird, but that's incredible, right? Like you have that disposition, that's your personality. All of us know there's some people who don't, right? Everybody had that teacher in elementary school where you're like, why do you hate me, right? Like that's just, that, that was their personality. I don't know what they were doing there, right? And, and so figure out how am I wired? And God, what does that mean? How do I serve you with, with this wiring you've given me? The fifth thing is experience we're all shaped by our experiences and God wants to use our experiences. There are, there are a, a wisdom and things that you've gained just by being there. And you can serve the body by saying, by being able to say, you know what, I can offer some guidance here because I've walked here before. I can offer some guidance here because I've fallen in a bunch of holes here, right? Like, so so that's, maybe the Lord wants to serve his church through the experiences he's given you. And also, you, when you have experiences, it gives you the right to say, I've been there. And isn't that an incredible gift to be able to say to somebody, I've been there? When someone's suffering, when someone's in the darkest days of their life and they can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, isn't it wonderful to be at the light at the end of the tunnel and be able to say, I've been there? Isn't that a wonderful gift? Doesn't God use that so much in his church? That's a powerful gift. Thing. So examine your experiences and say, God, I know you work all things together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. So, God, how are you using these experiences? How can I, how can I use them to bless your bride, right? Is that going to lead me towards an area of ministry? And here's the last thing. Here's the letter I tagged on. D, here we go. Do it, right? Isn't that, isn't that really eloquent? That was definitely a grant, right? Like, do it, right? We got experiences, ability. Do it. Great. Anyway, but here's what I mean by that. Serve. Like get out and serve. I think one of the best ways to figure out how do I fit into the body of Christ? go out and just start serving in the body of Christ and see where you fit, right? I have story after story of people in our church who did that, who the, who the Lord Jesus let them see a need and they went out and they filled that need and God gave them a passion they didn't know they had. Hey, the people who go out on Jackson Avenue, that's exactly what happened with them. If you help us with the help group on Saturdays when we do the, the, the feeding ministry there, how many of you were the same way? I'll show up, I'll check it out and God gave you a passion for it you said this is exactly where I fit. And we see that all over our church in all different areas of ministry, even ministries you don't see. God has perfectly put these people there and they just started serving. They went, oh yeah, this works. I can serve the body here. So get out and do it. If you look in your bulletin, that giant catalog we hand you every Sunday, if you look in that bulletin, the heads of ministries are in there, right? They're listed there with their contact. Reach out and just say, I want to get involved. I I kind of, I'm interested in this. How can I help and serve and why wouldn't you try something like that? I know what keeps me back from trying things I don't, I'm not used to is my pride, right? I don't want to do that. Any of these other things. And then I have to remember that Jesus washed his disciples' feet. And so I have to remember that Jesus humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross for me. And Jesus said that a servant is not greater than his master. So I guess nothing's um, below me then, huh? I, get, I, guess, I guess I can do anything, right, as I follow Jesus. So go. And do it. Just get out there and serve. So in closing, I want to say this. I hope the Lord this morning has given you a clear understanding of spiritual gifts. I hope that you see it now not as a hobby or something just to talk about seasonally or, or you know, the, this quarter of the year, we always talk about spiritual gifts, but instead, like, you go, okay, God, I recognize that I need to be a good steward of, of how you've made me. And God, I need to figure out how to serve your bride. And I want to do that. I, I, I hope that He's given you a desire to do that. I don't care who you are, by the way, right? If you, like, like you say, I, I'm just 13 doesn't matter. You have have the Holy Spirit, and God's enabled you to do that. And you say, well, you know what? I don't know. My my health has kind of restricted me. It doesn't matter. There's some way that you can serve. Did you see one of the spiritual gifts? Encouragement. Just encouraging people. There's a lady in our congregation. You've probably gotten a note from her. God's given her this gift of writing these encouraging letters, and it builds up the body so much. And every time I get one of those cards, God blesses me through it. That's somebody figuring out, God, you give, you've made me in a certain way. You've given me in a certain way. Here's what I can do. And God's given them a purpose. God has made you for the same purpose. To fulfill, uh, to fulfill a purpose in his bride that no one else is going to fulfill. He's made you that way. So I pray that he's given you that, 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 that burden, that joyful burden. I don't mean negatively, that joyful responsibility. To go, God, you want me to participate in your in what you're doing it for your bride, and I want to do that. So I, I hope He would give you that that courage this morning. Some of you in here might have realized for the first time that you know I, I am disconnected from the body, but it's because I'm disconnected um, from the Lord altogether. Like I, I don't I don't follow the Lord. I do my own thing. I need I need to change my life today. Needs to be a new day for me. Can I tell you some incredibly good news? Is that you, you, do you know like. Like, salvation is reserved for who? Whosoever will. That's who it's reserved for. If you believe, if you follow the Lord Jesus, then you can be saved. Then God will give you a new life. You'll be forgiven. You'll be put into the family of God. He won't see you as an enemy. He won't see you as as someone far off. You'll be his child. And, And you say, well, hang on a second. You don't know where I came from. It doesn't matter. Are you a whosoever? It says, whoever calls the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever. Is anybody in here not a whoever? We're all whoevers, right? So you can call in the name of the Lord this morning. You think it's an accident you're here this morning? You think it's an accident I'm saying the words that I'm saying? Again, Grant, dumb. Holy Spirit knows what he's doing, all right? He's speaking to you right now. Maybe today's the day you need to give him your life. For real, stop playing around. And you say, Lord, I, I wanna follow you. Please forgive me. I trust, I know what you did on the cross was for me. And God, I wanna live my life for you now. Give me a new life, forgive me. That can be you this morning. So here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna ask us to pray. Go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes. Believers in this room, um, begin to pray for those around you. For, for those in this room that, that I, just, I just described you, I was talking to you. Um, I wanna pray for you. I, I wanna show you, I wanna lead you in a prayer and I wanna pray for you. Would you, um, would you just look at me? I, I'm looking at you. No one else is looking around. Would you look at me? If that was you, if I just described you, I see you. Just look at me. I see here's the great news. like what I just said was true because it didn't come from me, it came from the Word of God. Whoever calls the name of the Lord will be saved. whoever. right now, for those of you that I just described, if you looked at me or if you didn't, just tell the Lord right now, tell the Lord what you need to tell him. Not out loud, in the quietness of your own heart. God, I need a new start. God, I need a new life. God, I'm sorry for living the way that I've lived. I want to follow you. Forgive me. I need you. I need to follow you. I need to have a relationship with you. Come into my life. Change me. Save me. If you communicated that to the Lord in some way, it didn't have to be those exact words. They're not magic. But if you communicated that that to the Lord in some way, that's the attitude of your heart. Then you're His now and forever. You're marked by His Holy Spirit. He sees you as His child. You're forgiven and you're made new and you're clean. You're clean. There's no more guilt. There's no more shame. There's no more condemnation for you. You're clean before the Lord. Here's what we're going to do. In just a moment, we're going to sing. We're going to stand. And I'm going to ask believers in this room, if you need to talk with someone, if you need to pray with someone, you come forward. We'll be here. If you need to make the, the stairs an altar and altar and, and pray before the Lord, you can come up here, Neil. That's fine. If you need to raise your hands and sing as loud as you can, by all means, you do so. You respond how the Lord wants you to. For those in this room who prayed that prayer, for those in this room who communicated to the Lord, I need a new start. I need to follow you today. I'm going to ask you to step out, I'm going to ask you to come forward. Not that these aisles are magic and walking these aisles like God's just waiting. If you walk this aisle, you'll be saved. No, no, no. You're saved because you called upon the name of the Lord. You're saved because you asked him to forgive you. You're saved because you surrendered your life to him. That's why you're saved. That's done. But if you really made that commitment, I'm gonna encourage you to to walk that out, to come forward, come talk with me. I wanna rejoice with you. I wanna pray with you. And I wanna show you what's next. You just started a relationship with God this morning. And I want to encourage you with what's next. So you come forward. Lord Jesus, um, I know that you're at work in this place. Because your Holy Spirit's here. And I know you're at work because your your word was read. And your word doesn't return to you void. You accomplish much where your word is. And so God, um, I know that you're at work this morning. And if that's true, and it is, that I know you're in, the enemy is at work this morning as well. That for those who've made a decision for you this morning, as desperate as they are to follow you, just as, just as desperate as they are, the feeling of embarrassment is just as strong. The enemy's trying to tell them, no, 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 you stay in your seat. No, 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 you let this church service pass and you go home just like you came. You're fine, we're fine. Lord, please, bind the enemy. Let him have no power here this morning. And Holy Spirit, you do an incredible work for your fame. You bring dead people to life. So God, we trust you. And God, as we respond in song, we trust you. Give us the courage to respond in a way that honors you, to respond in a way that you want us to respond this morning. We love you. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.